0: So I'd like to introduce our keynote speaker for this evening, Carol from Westchester County, New York.
1: Welcome Carol. Good evening, my name is Carol and I am a grateful recovering compulsive eater. Bonsoir, je m'appelle Carol et je suis outre mangeuse, compulsive, reconnaissante et encore en rétablissement. And that is all the French I will be speaking tonight. And for that, you can thank your lucky stars. Um, So Chuck is going to put up some photos that are my before and after photos. Uh, So the top ones were taken about a month or two before I came to OA. I was five feet, four inches and weighed 186 pounds at my friend's wedding. I was a size 18 or a one X. Now I weigh 138 pounds and I'm a size 10. Uh, this lower photo was at my daughter's college graduation this past spring. So thank you, Chuck. And I can't see Renee. Oh, now I can. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just brought a message that they can't hear Renee.
2: We I can't, no, I can't hear. Yeah, I tested it and can't hear. No. I was trying to message you. No, so. we can't hear Renee. Can you all hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Should yeah. I start over? Or no, don't don't start over. But um. Oh, wait. So maybe we can uh, just retry again. Like if. T- I'm going to put myself in French. C'est bon, they, they said they could hear her now. Okay. So we have Carol was speaking in English. If you heard Carol, that's great. Renee was speaking in French on the interpretation line. And that's where I couldn't hear either. So. Okay. Are the French anyone listening to it in French? Needs to select the French channel. Perhaps they weren't. I it. I selected the French channel, and I muted the background speaker, and I could not hear. Renee. Okay, go there. Can you check it again? Because
1: I I'm, I'm getting the fact that they can hear her now.
2: We we oui. oui, oui
1: okay sorry carol okay no problem okay so i'm going to talk to you tonight about what my life was like what happened and what my life is like now and i'm just going to ask your patience for a moment to see renee can you say something so Mm. she 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 can't speak to you carol okay i i was trying to get her in my small screen but i can't okay do you see me i can see her i can see her okay so as a child i used to sneak desserts i took everything but the last cookie or the last anything And at Halloween, which was my favorite holiday, not for the costumes, I used to get blisters on my feet from walking miles. I had to go alone so that I could cover the most territory. And I also stole candy, pennies from my brother's coin collection and money from my mother's purse to buy candy. In high school, You know how high school boys eat. I could easily keep up with my boyfriend and ate him under the table. I chaired the Worthy Cause Committee, maybe because they sold candy. Guess who ate most of it? I actually had to get a part-time job to support my candy habit. In my freshman year of college, I ate a one-pound bag of chocolate-covered malted milk balls right before my French final. There are about 300 candies in one of those bags. I was so sick the next morning that I almost failed the exam. I was always the one who pushed everyone to go for ice cream and dessert and then go out for ice cream. And I went to France in my junior year, was out on a date at a restaurant where they had all-you-can-eat mussels for dinner. So I ordered this heaping plate of mussels, ate the whole thing, and then I ordered another one, ate the second whole heaping plate, and then the chef came out, because he had to see who had eaten all of this because no one had ever done that before. My mother said that I ate my way through Europe because that's all I ever wrote about in my letters. So just wanted you to get the idea. I'm pretty much a garden variety compulsive overeater. Um, I got married after college, my husband was English And about once a week, I used to eat a one pound bag of M&M peanuts and a glass of milk and call that dinner. He thought all Americans did that. I let him think that. I was unhappy in that marriage and I really packed on the pounds. I easily gained 20 pounds that year. And when I think about it, how was eating helping my marriage? It wasn't. Is eating the right response to an unhappy marriage? No, of course not. But that's what I did. A number of years went by. I got married again. I was very unhappy again. I thought about suicide a lot. I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I went to a commercial weight loss program and lost the 50 pounds, then gained it back, lost it and gained it back again. Then I met someone from OA in another 12-step program and a non-program similar to Al-Anon. I was in a 12-step program, but I didn't realize that OA was also a 12-step program. We call that denial. I was eating three diet desserts a night. The night before my first meeting, I was arguing with my husband, eating a box of pretzels. I didn't even really like pretzels very much. I was eating at him. And we call that taking the poison and hoping he dies. It didn't work. So at age 43, I was suicidal in an unhappy marriage, 50 pounds overweight and miserable. And as one of my friends says, other than that, I had everything going for me. By the way, I don't really have many original thoughts, but I am a great plagiarist and we recommend that in OA. So plagiarize away all you want. At my first OA meeting, I totally identified with the speaker and was all in. And at my second meeting, I got a sponsor On the way home from the meeting, I had to pull over to the side of the road in my car because I was crying my eyes out. I knew that if I wanted to be abstinent, I would have to give up chocolate. And I thought chocolate was my best friend. So I gave up sugar. I went to three meetings a week. I called my sponsor. I began working the steps and got up to step 10. I got two years of abstinence. Then I had several problems. First of all, I didn't really think I had any serious character defects. Why were these people always talking about character defects? We call that denial. What was wrong with them? After my second anniversary celebration, I got cocky and thought, I got this. The three most dangerous words I can think, I got this. We call that defiance. I know better than you. And I know better than the wisdom of the whole program. Then I didn't really like repetition, so I got stuck on step 10. I'm a variety junkie. And my fourth problem, the most serious one, I failed to enlarge my spiritual life, as it it says in the big book, is necessary for recovery. So needless to say, I relapsed. I went back into the food, ate everything I hadn't eaten for two years and gained back 40 pounds, but I kept going to meetings for 15 years in a way. I went in and out of abstinence and in and out of relapse, but I kept going to meetings. And. At one point, about eight years into relapse, I went to a new meeting, new to me. My life was a mess. I was getting divorced from husband number two. I had moved, I was in a new job. My daughter who was six was in a new school. And right after I moved, Before I even unpacked, every single appliance in my house failed. The stove, the refrigerator, the microwave, the dishwasher, the furnace, the hot water heater. And on top of that, my dog got really sick and was throwing up constantly in the house. So at this meeting I went to, I talked about this. And a woman came up to me after the meeting and asked if she could come help me unpack. She brought gifts for my daughter. She was a ray of sunshine, just that someone wanted to help. Before she left, I asked her what had motivated her to make this very kind offer. And she told me that, She had stage four breast cancer and she really needed to do some service to get outside of herself. Here was someone worse off than me. I stopped feeling sorry for myself. She was sent by God, there's no question. Another woman in the program whom I really didn't like, who I thought was a big loser went and got abstinent, she lost a ton of weight. She worked on her character defects. She became so nice. I hated her even more. I was so jealous, but she motivated me. I said to myself, if she can do this, I can do this. So the moral is Find someone you don't like and watch them get abstinent. Then I began trying different diets and happened to go out on a date. We were walking up the stairs to my apartment and I mentioned my diet. He said, you don't need to lose weight. I turned around, I looked at him and I said, will you marry me? because that was all it took. If a man thought I didn't need to lose weight, that was enough. So what if I had been divorced twice? Happily, I did not marry him. And fortunately, I met my current husband. Third time's a charm. This one is a keeper. I told him about OA on our second date. And all this time, I'm going to two or three meetings a week and struggling with abstinence. But I kept going to meetings. Because of his job, we moved from Connecticut to Westchester County, New York, about 40 minutes away. So I started going to a meeting there and everyone told me to go to the 8.30 a.m. Sunday morning White Plains meeting. So on Christmas day, nine years ago, I finally went and let me emphasize how much I did not want to go. I am a night person, but I went on Christmas day and there were about 40 to 50 people in the room. There was so much recovery there that when it came my turn to speak, I burst out in tears. And that's when my recovery really began because I asked for help. I need a food sponsor, I said. And a woman came up to me after the meeting and she said, I'll be your food sponsor, but you have to eat the way I eat. And I immediately thought, oh, don't let it be the gray sheet. Don't let it be the gray sheet. And in case you don't know, the gray sheet means no carbs, no sugar, weigh and measure your food, very disciplined. And her next words were, and I follow the gray sheet. So I thought, okay, one day at a time, I can try this for 24 hours. So day one, it wasn't horrible. Day two, it was okay. Then day three, I thought, I'll do it just to show them it doesn't work. And on day three, all my cravings went away. That doesn't happen to everyone, but it happened to me. So I started doing what my sponsor told me. I went to three meetings a week, called her every day, called other people, emailed my plan of eating to her, and reported on anything I changed. In six months, I lost all the weight, and I've now followed that abstinence for eight and a half, almost nine years, with some additional maintenance foods thrown in with the guidance of my sponsor, because I still can't be trusted to develop my own plan of eating by myself. One of my friends in OA used to say, I need adult supervision around food. And that's me. So it turned out that carb, and, uh, I'm sorry, that flour and carbs were alcoholic foods for me all those years in relapse. And it proved the point that we have a physical allergy to our trigger foods and when we eat them, it starts the craving for more, which is the mental obsession that overtakes us. Oh, that happened to me about a million times until I stopped eating that first compulsive bite. So my food sponsor said, it's time to get a step sponsor. And that person helped me so much. I answered these super repetitive, boring questions. One they asked a million different ways was what made you lose your abstinence? And then what lies did you tell yourself? So here was my first real learning. I had told myself at least 50 lies a day. You can have just this one. You can start again tomorrow. You can eat at this party and start on Monday. You can get abstinent again. You've done it before. It's only March. You can eat until April and get in shape in time for bathing suit season. Oh, just try this new dessert. Then you can get abstinent. Just eat this now. It'll be okay. And that's when I truly realized I can't have just one compulsive bite. Oh, I can tell myself I can. Yes, I told myself that all the time. And look where it led me. 15 years of on and off abstinence, weight gain, and a lot of misery so what had i been doing all those years living in denial and denial is the opposite of honesty some people say denial is don't even know i am lying and those boring stupid repetitive questions helped me learn something else I am defiant. If you tell me to do something, I don't want to do it. And defiance is the opposite of open-mindedness. If I'm going to defy something before even trying it, how open-minded is that? Not. And I lack self-discipline. Unless you tell me to do something that I don't want to do, I'm probably not going to do it. And self-discipline or lack of self-discipline is the opposite of willingness. My three Ds, denial, defiance, and lack of discipline. And guess what? Three Ds don't get A. abstinence. So I was not honest, open-minded, and willing. And these are the three qualities that Bill W. said we must have in order to recover so i became honest open-minded and willing. in essence i became teachable so through answering the questions and working on the steps i began addressing my character defects and guess what i had a lot of character defects that i had never realized i had i annoyed people Moi. I still annoy people, especially my 22-year-old daughter. There was one point where she moved out of our house when she was 17. I was heartbroken. She visited, but she lived with her dad for a whole year. I had to really work on my relationship with her. I had to forgive her for things she had done that bothered me and I had to make amends for things I had done. What a concept. We now have a great relationship. I also began paying very close attention to the traditions in the program. Yes, I was one of those people who hated traditions meanings and thought they were boring. Now I think they're totally fascinating. And this is why I think the traditions are fascinating. They are a blueprint for my relationships with other people, not just in OA, not just in groups, but individual relationships with people in my family, at work, people I interact with. For example, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. So I replace OA with relationship. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon our relationships unity. I can't recover without other people and I better have good relationships with them if I'm going to get any recovery at all. Today, I absolutely love the traditions and I'm looking forward to continuing my tradition study with my sponsor. I also learned something else really important about relationships. A few years into this abstinence, I was working at a mental health agency as a program director. And I had a meeting for one of our clients with another agency in a group of about 12 people including some senior government people who provided our funding. And the director of the other agency and I got into a disagreement. And as the meeting progressed, it became clear to everyone that I was right. And after the meeting, she called up my CEO and complained about me, that I was smug in the meeting. And my CEO called me in and was upset. I swore to her that I hadn't done anything. And she asked me this question. Did you do everything you possibly could to ensure that your relationship with her was the best that it could be? And of course, the answer to that was no, I had not because I was way more interested in proving I was right than in preserving or improving our relationship. That was a wonderful lesson. And it further translates to this, you can be right or you can be married. And that's when I realized how important it was to connect with my higher power continuously. It only took me 18 years in the program. In school, I got all A's and B's, did well on my SATs and GREs, and had two master's degrees. But in life, as one of my friends says, I was educated beyond my intelligence. In addition to that, here is one of the most embarrassing things. I used to be a therapist. I'm getting the stop sign. No, not getting the stop sign. Okay. (laughs) I used to be a therapist. I had a lot of self-knowledge, but only denial around my overeating. You do not need to be the slow learner that I was. Now I connect with my higher power by listening to that small voice within throughout the day. My goal is to connect constantly as often as possible. I see my higher power like a river. And when I swim with the current and go with the flow, it's easy and wonderful. And when I don't and swim upstream, that's taking my will back and it's much tougher. Today, I'm so grateful for the life that I have. I'm even grateful to be a compulsive overeater. Why, you ask? Well, it brought me to my higher power because it brought me to a way of living that is infinitely more satisfying than anything else I can imagine. Because it brought me into positive relations with virtually every member of my extended family. And that's at least 25 people. There is one, my half-sister, I still owe amends to. And I will be making that amends very shortly. Yes, I still have work to do. I'm working on my fourth D, distraction. I can get really distracted, which turns into disorganization, and then I forget things. But today, I have all the tools I need to address my character defects and to grow spiritually. And as Bill says, it's just a matter of picking up the spiritual toolkit that was laid at my feet. So how do I do that? I go to three meetings a week. I go to that 8.30 a.m. Sunday meeting every single week. I never miss it unless I'm away. That meeting saved my life. I do a lot of service. I like doing service. I It can be fun, it gets me outside of myself. And truly, what greater satisfaction can there be than helping someone else recover? I pray every morning, serenity prayer, third step prayer, seventh step prayer, and I recite the steps because that's the focus I want for my day. On my desk, I have a sign that says pause. Pray and use spiritual energy. I talk with my sponsor once a week. I sponsor three people. I chair our intergroup in Westchester. I'm also a Region 6 Assembly representative, a World Service Business Conference delegate, and I do service for the conventions beyond this, even. I read literature. I especially love the big book, as you may have noticed. I have read the first 164 pages, dozens of times. I also absolutely love the book that Roxanne wrote, our, Roxanne, our founder, Beyond Our Wildest Dreams, The History of the OA Fellowship. It's so funny and so enlightening, and, and I know, that if anything at all is bothering me and I can't let go of it and I'm convinced it's someone else's fault, I read page 417 in the big book, The Acceptance Prayer, because it's never anyone else's fault. It's always about how I look at the world. I'm grateful for my relationship with my husband. He cooks all our meals. Each one of my husbands learned to cook after we got married. By the third one, I finally got the message. I let him do all the cooking and he is a wonderful cook, unlike moi apparently. And he cooks abstinent food, even sometimes things he doesn't like that much. I'm also very grateful for my relationship with my daughter. She confides in me even at age 22 about her relationships. It's very rewarding and they both support my program. So if I have eight plus years of abstinence, why do I call myself a recovering compulsive overeater rather than a recovered compulsive overeater? It's because my eating, if it hasn't been obvious yet, is extremely linked to my character defects. And I am still in recovery with those and probably will be my entire life. My higher power isn't finished with me yet. And do I still get cravings sometimes or have a desire to overeat or eat outside my food plan? Absolutely yes. And I always ask myself, if I take that first compulsive bite, where will it go? In AA, they say, think through the drink. I say, brood about the food. And knowing that one compulsive bite always leads to the next. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but eventually, yes. So I don't do it. Do I occasionally overeat a little bit? Yes. And I remember what a newcomer's sponsor said to her in a talk at the World Service Convention. Good enough, keep going. And I have to be mindful that it doesn't lead to more than that, or else I'm being dishonest. So I always have to check it out with my sponsor. And all of the promises have been true in my life, every single one. I never thought I wouldn't fear financial insecurity and yet I'm retiring in a few weeks. I have worked full time for 45 years. It's time and because of this program and a good deal of therapy, I can face my feelings about retiring the happy ones and the sad ones. My work has given me a lot. And before this abstinence, I also had not spoken with my sister for 10 years, except rarely because she did something I thought was egregious. And after I made a significant amend to her, we text or speak every day. She helped tremendously to take care of my mother when she was dying we did it together and now in addition to my relationship with my higher power the next best thing is that i am truly neutral around the food chocolate used to be my best friend i haven't had it for close to nine years and i don't miss it a bit so here are my main messages first my favorite quote from the big book, page 568. There is a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. A fancy way of saying, don't knock it till you've tried it. I am a garden variety compulsive overeater. If I can do this, being the slow learner I am, anyone can do this. So work the steps and traditions, get a sponsor, commit your food to your sponsor, go to meetings, do service, in essence, use the tools, give up your character defects. Work on them to the extent you can and give the rest to your higher power. Connect to your higher power in all things great and small. I plagiarized that because I loved it when I heard it. Connect to your higher power in all things great and small. Keep coming back to meetings no matter what. Don't leave before the miracle happens. And for today, swim with the current. And thank you to one of our fellows for this comment. Everything is okay because I'm absent. Thank you to our interpreter, Renee, and all of the interpreters as they have the toughest job here. Thank you to our hosts and everyone giving service. Thank you to all of you so much for being here and supporting my recovery. Keep coming back. It works, I love you all.
2: Thank you, Carol. Great.
0: Thank you, Carol, for sharing your experience, strength and hope. And what a great start to the weekend. So hope you're all settled in and ready for a great convention.
2: We now have time for a few questions. Please use the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen to ask questions. I'll be looking at the questions and you can type them in in English or French. And the first question that I have, uh, Carol, is how did you work with two different sponsors, one for food and one for uh, the
1: steps? Oh my God. So my food sponsor was the person I committed my food to, and we talked about everything related to the food. Um, And my step sponsor was the person I talked to about pretty much everything else, um, including my character defects and my work on the steps. And that's not uncommon. a number of people I know have two sponsors.
2: Thank you. How do you, how did you get, uh, come to accept introducing yourself as, hi, I'm Carol and I'm a compulsive overeater. Mm -hmm.
1: It was the first meeting I identified so much with the speaker. I mean, I'd been lost 50 pounds and gained it back and lost it and gained it back. There was so much evidence that I had a problem with eating. I didn't like saying it, but I knew it was true. And it also helped me admit my powerlessness over the food, which helped me uh, accept a higher power as the one that could help me with the food.
2: Next question, I think is a simple one is what was the third D you talked about three D's denial, defiance, and lack of discipline. Thank you. All right. A longer question here. I'm 95 days abstinent from binging and I'm transitioning between food sponsors. Do you have any suggestions? for how newcomers can remain accountable with their abstinent eating while they're looking for a new sponsor.
1: So I've had people in the program ask me to take their food temporarily during that process. And sometimes I say yes. So you can just find somebody to commit your food to either by text or email or some other way. And then you commit to them after you eat, whether you changed anything, and if so, what you changed that I, I people have done this, it, it works.
2: How do you balance such a full work life and service <laughs> life?
1: <laughs> that is hugely challenging. And I will be honest and tell you that about six months ago, I overdid the service part. And I got really burned out. And I told my sponsor that I wanted to leave the program after 25 years. And she doing all the service I was doing. And she said, you're doing too much service. <laughs> you need to take a break. So I stepped down from chairing the intergroup for a month. And my vice chair took over and did an amazing job. And I came back after that and it was fine. I'm, I'm very organized. And most of what I do are work, family, a few friends and the program. That's most of what I do.
2: Thank you. What is your approach with the newcomer sponsee that uh, is resisting abstinence?
1: Not sure I understand resisting abstinence, but abst. First of all, I will say, I'm, I try to always be compassionate because I think about the poor people who sponsored me in my first uh, 17 years in the program. And they put up with a lot of denial, defiance, and lack of self-discipline. And so I try to remember what I was like when I was new and struggling. And then I just help them to understand what their trigger foods are doing to them by giving examples from my own experience. That's what I do, I give examples. And I use the um, red light, yellow light, green light list for foods, um, which is, you know, my trigger foods are red light, I don't eat them. My green foods are things I can eat without overeating. And my yellow foods are in the middle and I must weigh and measure them carefully.
2: So when you were talking about the three D's, someone missed what the opposite of
1: self-discipline was. Would you mind repeating that? For me, it was willingness. So I always think about honesty, open-mindedness and willingness as the essentials to be successful in the program.
2: Thank you. So, I love this one. She says, Did you say you can be right or you can be married? <laughs> <I> and <did. laughs> at what point did your relationships get better?
1: Um well, because I was in the program for all those years, even though I was in relapse, I made progress in my relationships. But they got a lot better after I did my step nine the second time around, which took me all those years, uh, all those years. So I had been abstinent for a couple of years by that point and uh, this last time. So I'll say about seven years ago, they all dramatically improved.
2: Thank you. So can you say again, what? for you is the difference between recovering and recovered?
1: So I feel that my character defects are very linked to my issue of being a compulsive eater. That's why I'm a compulsive eater because of my character defects in essence. And because I have an allergy and a mental obsession and I'm not recovered from all my character defects. Um, I have work still to do and I probably always will. So I feel I'm always recovering and it can affect my food, you know? I haven't allowed it to affect my food um, because I know where that first compulsive bite takes me But it could.
2: On acceptance, you mentioned the acceptance prayer or an acceptance prayer in the big book. Can you tell
1: us what the page is again? 417. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. And
2: can you please tell us how you define your higher power?
1: So, a I did write a job description for my higher power, but I can't remember it anymore. But it's everything good and loving, always there for me in all things great and small. And like a river. And I flow with the current and my higher power will give me guidance on anything. And I frequently do a brief little touching base with my power to understand the guidance. Thank you. So
2: how do you say no to food offers
1: from people outside of OA? Great question. Um, In the past, now almost everyone I know knows no, everyone I know knows that I'm in OA. But in the past, I would say things like, I'm sorry, I can't eat that. Um, I don't eat sugar. Um, I'm. I mean, sometimes I would tell people I was trying to lose weight, and I can't have just one. I've often said to people, I can't have just one you can, <laughs> but I can't, and so I just don't go there, but I really appreciate the offer
2: so this question says I was asked uh, to be a food sponsor for someone, and uh she found it difficult uh to be a food sponsor since. Uh, issues around food are resolved through practicing the steps. Uh, how, what are your thoughts about this?
1: I don't know. My food sponsor didn't ha- have a problem with it. Um, I, I'm not sure I can answer that question um, because I, I haven't had that problem. Um, I mean, I might cite a step in response to a food issue and suggest someone work on it with their step sponsor um, or look at it with their step sponsor. I would just refer back to that person. In some cases, I've also suggested people get therapy when it seemed that would be helpful.
2: Thank you. Have you ever let a sponsee go to help them? And there's a follow-up question, but it's different, so I'll just stop there. Have you ever let a sponsee go because you thought it would help them?
1: Well, I've let them go because I thought I wasn't helping them. (laughs) So in that way, yes. I I don't like to let sponsees go. Um, But if I think I'm not helping someone, I will. I did have one person who um, left the program and came back and wanted me to sponsor her again. And I said, but I, it didn't work out that well the first time, so maybe you would do better with someone else. And she did do better with someone else, much better.
2: Okay, uh, I'm gonna come back to their second question after I ans- ask it from a couple of other people. Um, Can you give some examples from your own life or perhaps from somebody you sponsored on how contempt prior to investigation held you or them back and then how you or they worked through it?
1: Oh, my gosh. I could give you a 100 examples if I had time to think about it. My first response to anything I don't want to do is to say, oh, that won't help. That won't work. No, I don't like that idea. You know, so like, just like the gray sheet, there is a great example. You know, she said, you have to follow my, the way I eat. And I'm thinking, don't let it be the gray sheet. It's a perfect example. I did not, I was convinced that wasn't gonna work. And it was a miracle for me. And if you would have told me that all these years later, I would still be following that basic food plan. I would have said you were nuts. Here's another one. My husband, when we had to move to Westchester, I was heartbroken. Did not want to come here. But it was for his job. We basically had to do it. Sold my condo at a huge loss. Lost my whole down payment. But boy, I got my abstinence here. I've had a wonderful life here. So look how that turned out. Another thing I remember is my best thinking, I was 43 when I came into OA, my best thinking got me to OA. So how great was my thinking that I was 50 pounds overweight, a compulsive overeater and miserable? You know, it wasn't that great. So I have to remember to be open-minded to what other people suggest.
2: So, oh, just have time for one or two more questions. Uh, how would you recommend that someone continue to work the steps if she questions or doubts a higher power?
1: So, when I first came to OA, I was agnostic atheist, one or the other, and. I use the love that I felt from the OA group as my higher power. I have heard people in the rooms describe their dog as their higher power, a doorknob on a church as their higher power, a chair. I've heard people describe anything, just goodness as their higher power and So I think we can always find something a little greater than ourselves that we can believe in.
2: And uh, last question. Do you insist that your sponsees eat the way you do? Like your sponsor asked of you? I used to.
0: (laughs) I
1: used to. And then... I got a sponsee who was a newcomer recently and eats all these foods. She eats everything, and I don't eat everything, but it's okay now. I can't even tell you why. For many years, I thought I wouldn't be able to hear that someone else was eating a dessert when I couldn't have it, but it doesn't bother me because I know where it would go if I had it. So now I'm okay with it, but it took a while. And you
2: were quick there. So I'm going to ask one more and then we'll close it out so we can give people time to take a breather and buy raffle tickets before the next (laughs) workshop. Uh, Did you say brood about the food is similar to think through the drink?
1: Well, I I made up, brood, about the food. (laughs) I didn't make up, think through the drink. Um, So that's what I'm saying. You know, I had to come up with something that rhymed with food and sounded like think. (laughs) So I just mean think it through before you take that bite. Think through what the consequences are going to be. I would have a lot of consequences if I took one compulsive bite, because it wouldn't be just one. Thank
2: you so much, Carol. Thank you. Thank you, everybody who asked questions. I'm sorry we didn't get to quite all of them. I'll answer one that just came in in the closing. And I think if everybody could unmute themselves, you'd get a nice warm... Thank you. So thank you, Carol. Thank you. So, Chuck, I think you're up. Can somebody take off, um,
1: sorry. It's just because I can't take off the video. Somebody blocked it. That would
0: have been me. Great, thanks. Give me a second. Oh, there you go. Somebody did it. Sorry for the delay, I was... uh, Googling how to tattoo. You can be right writer, you can be married on my arm. Um, (laughs) It's not in the script, folks. Um, After the closing, be sure to buy raffle tickets, then take a quick break prior to the 8.45 workshop in the For Today room. The topic is abstinence, no matter what. Please join us there. Uh, And just
2: a... The last question that came in in the, the Q&A is, how do I buy raffle tickets? And boy, that's our fundraising team's favorite question. If you uh, go to your program that you receive via email, you will see in the first part of the program uh, a link, and it will take you to our raffle widget. How's that? I learned a new word. Oh, there we go. All right. Sorry. Tomorrow we have a ton of recovery and fun planned for you. You can join us starting at 915 and then attend your choice of speakers, panels, and workshops. Make sure you plan to attend the entertainment at 1230 and 545. Margaret Ann has some wonderful things planned for us. And what is really great is you can get your lunch and dinner and eat in front of your computer screen and uh, enjoy the entertainment at the same time. It's going to be terrific.
0: And uh, did we mention raffles, Chuck? Sorry. We might have once or twice. I might, I might have put a link in there for, for everybody. Right might in have, the chat? Right okay. in the chat.
1: At one point, we had 350 people in the room tonight. People are asking on- wow. how many were here. Yay yeah. okay, for yeah. you.
2: And just maybe uh, uh, for Rene, can you translate that for tonight? It's the only thing that uh well the 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 other room is not translated so for tonight it's it's finished for in French, but we're gonna be there translating at uh, nine tomorrow. I liked that pause. Our French speaking friends sometimes have to pause when we're speaking in English and they don't understand and it's nice to return the favor. Uh, The raffle tickets are good for all the drawings. That's why you should buy early and buy often. If you buy them uh, today and tomorrow, they will be in both drawings. All right, no more questions now. Let's close with the serenity prayer all together in French and English at the same time. God, grant me the serenity Serenity. to To accept accept the the things things I cannot cannot change, change. the courage to change change. the things I I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. difference.